Welcome back to The Melancholy Condition. I am your host, Darius Velasquez, and you're listening to Season 3. Enjoy. Here's an ad. Have you ever thought about starting your own podcast? When I was trying to get this podcast off the ground, I had a lot of questions. How do I record an episode? How do I get my show into all the apps that people like to listen? How do I make money from podcasts? The answer to every single one of these questions is pretty simple. Anchor. Anchor is a one-stop shop for recording, hosting, and distributing your podcast. And best of all, it's 100% free and ridiculously easy to use. And now, Anchor can match you with great sponsors who want to advertise on your podcast. And that means you can get paid to podcast right away. In fact, that's what I'm doing right now by reading this ad. The reason why I love Anchor is just because it's easy. It's simple. It's on my phone. I don't use any exterior hardware. I don't got to do anything really, but just pick up my phone, open the Anchor app, press record, invite my guests, and boom, you have the melancholy condition. So if you want to start your podcast, do so today. Go to anchor.fm. Welcome, everybody, back to another episode of The Melancholy Condition. I am your host, Darius Velasquez, and I am with Dane Dormio today. Dane, go ahead and introduce yourself. Hey, Darius. Thank you. It's great to be here. Uh, hi, I'm Dane. <laughs> um, I am a martial artist and mind-body mastery coach, and I am also a survivor and thriver through some pretty pretty tough life challenges including depression and uh, and suicidality that have taught me some very deep lessons about creating reality from the inside out Interesting. Interesting. So tell me a little bit about this. What, what kind of uh, puts you onto this path? <clears throat> uh, the, uh, the, the mind body mastery path in general is it's, it's broad and it encompasses a number of things, but uh, there were what, what got me into it most of all was martial arts, which is something I was, involved with since I was a kid when I was from me from a young age I, I basically wanted to be a ninja turtle <laughs> I yeah. still do actually, <laughs> of course <laughs> who doesn't, right what was that who, who doesn't right right of course of course <clears throat> but uh but I I got really into it and um my my parents got me into some martial arts uh starting at age 10 and I I, I started in as a uh, in 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 taekwondo at that age as a kid, you know, kind of the local uh, taekwondo dojo, and it was a kind of mm-hmm. place where I started at age ten, had a black belt at age twelve, had a second degree black belt at age fourteen, and uh, it was it was just that that sort of a place. And and after that, I I branched out and started seeking uh, seeking other schools, other system styles, other forms of learning in the martial arts, and I through through college, I studied a wide variety of of styles of martial arts from uh, a number of different teachers, including Chinese arts, Japanese arts, Filipino arts, Brazilian arts. And 
so when I, after, after I graduated from college and I relocated to San Diego for graduate school, I looked for a new martial arts school and I found a place called the Kung Fu Academy that I, I thought I'd check out. And, and the, it turned out the type of martial arts taught there were internal martial arts, mm-hmm. which for, for anyone who's listening that's not familiar with that distinction, external martial arts are what I'd been doing up to that point for, for, the, for, tw- for the previous 12 years at that point since I was a kid, which are the, the focus is on external results and physical fitness, calisthenics, a lot of jumping around and kicking high and backflips and that sort of thing. Okay. Internal martial arts, the focus is on internal sensation, awareness of what's going on inside your body, integrating uh, movement, relaxation, breathing, and concentration <coughs> or meditative awareness. <clears throat> so this was the first time in my life that I, that I started doing this kind of thing, sort of paying attention to what was really going on inside my my body and inside my mind and and noticing how everything worked how everything was connected and and mutually influencing and something i didn't actually realize at the time was i was actually playing around with enlightenment tools and i didn't realize it um the internal martial arts are based on qigong which means energy work it's solo energy cultivation which is one of the primary branches of traditional chinese medicine acupuncture herbs and qigong so it's fundamentally healing modality but there's there's also there's there's medical qigong and there's there's martial qigong which is what the internal martial arts are and there's spiritual qigong which is a is a broad body of enlightenment practices that are that are all based on these same kind of principles that come out of taoism and, okay. and go go back go back uh, a long way a long time of course um, the that's old... the kind of relating to the Tao Te Ching right yes exactly the the, the okay. Tao Te Ching is the is the seminal source of this and I, I'm glad you mentioned that actually because it, it plays a very cool it, it played a very cool role in my story um <laughs> the uh <clears throat> I uh, this I had I had never really done anything spiritual or certainly not anything mystical before this. Mm -hmm. And um, I actually grew up as a rational, materialistic atheist in the Bible Belt. And I studied math and physics in college. I I, uh, but I went to a liberal arts school where you had to study a little bit of everything. And for my religion elective, I took a class in Buddhism. And I learned all kinds of cool stories about Gotama and sitting under the, the ficus tree and mm-hmm. having the Satori, the awakening experience and, and becoming the Buddha, the awakened one. And, and I, I, I enjoyed those kinds of things. I'd always enjoyed old stories like that, the Greek myths. I'd, I'd read the Panchatantra. I found I actually found a copy of the Tao Te Ching when I was a kid and I read it sometimes a teenager, uh, middle school age, and it was just a bunch of gobbledygook. It didn't make any sense to me at the time. Mm -hmm. (laughs) I think for most people, it probably won't. You know what I mean? Um, Yeah. 
I, I unless yeah. they're you're into some sort of um I don't even know how I would explain it because it's really hard well, for me the, to get the way to people. I explain it, the Tao Te Ching is like a signpost that you're on the path, but it's like one of the signs that says you are here. If you're not on the path, you won't see it or, or it won't make sense to you. It just, if you are on the path, you're on the path and it's just letting you know where you are, but it doesn't, <laughs> you know, it'll only make sense mm-hmm. if you're in the place and then it'll just be obvious. So no, hundred percent. I agree. It's it, it actually, it actually itself says, uh, most people who hear this will laugh at it. If it weren't for the laughter, it wouldn't be what it is. Yeah. And, and that was exactly how I first experienced it as a, as a, as a teenager. Um, but what, one interesting thing, well, <laughs> there, okay. So after I, uh, fa- fast forward to, um, about, uh, about six months or so into practicing internal martial arts and, and Qigong and mind-body practices. I, I was in my room practicing one evening as I often was. I was getting really into it and just moving slowly, relaxing, feeling my body, paying attention to my breathing, paying attention to sensation. And all of a sudden there was an instant where everything was different all of a sudden. And at the same time, everything was the same. Everything had changed and nothing had changed. And the first thought that went through my head after this happened was, oh, that's what that was. And I immediately recognized I, what the, the Satori experience I had read about and, and just thought was an interesting story and ideas and, and philosophical stuff. And, and this whole thing that apparently people spend years and decades of, of their lives seeking and striving for just kind of fell out of the sky and hit me in the head without me even ex- expecting for it or looking for it or really even realizing that it was a thing. Mm-hmm. and i was like well what the heck is that where did that come from yeah and one of the there were there was a a very significant transformation and, and transformational period actually that that i underwent and it's the the experience has, has been written about and it's happened to many people over over the years and throughout history and and before and the the three identifiable parts of it are the instantaneous awakening, which lasts for an instant. And then there's some period of, of a peak state, of a full opening of the portals of perception, so to speak, a peak state that lasts, it's transient. It, in my case, it lasted three months, which is kind of a long time. Often it, 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 it can be much shorter than that. It could be longer, but it's always transient. And then there's the residual awareness, which can never go away. It lasts a lifetime. Once you've seen it, you can't unsee it. So I experienced a three-month peak state that was a lot like the movie Limitless, where where Uh, you take the pill that that unlocks all your abilities. It was a lot like that, except there wasn't a pill, and it just lasted for three months. But one of the things that happened was I, I, I read the Tao Te Ching at that time, and it all made 
complete perfect sense to me. And another thing that happened was I underwent a radical radical acceleration in my martial arts ability. Prior to that, I'd been collecting a lot of techniques, but I, I really couldn't fight my way out of a wet paper bag. And deep down, I knew it. One of the, but after, after this experience, I, I had a whole new relationship with my body and, and what it was capable of. <clears throat> so that was, that was the, the experience that sort of got me started on the mind body mastery path 15 or so years ago. And it's been a, it's been a very circuitous route since. And I, um, and I, I don't want to make it seem like I got to this point and then I won the game of life. Actually, the there's this this sort of experience which which some people seek um, is 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 great and all, and it's you know it's totally worth having if it happens, but it doesn't solve any of your problems. And in fact, uh, what it it can it can often be very disruptive to your life. And in my case. Um, I was in graduate school in physics at the time, so I, I was in an environment where I could get away with some pretty odd behavior. But where my life went after this was to some very dark places, and I ended up um, actually uh, uh, dropping out of graduate school after completing all my coursework and uh, not doing a thesis. And I moved to Houston to get involved with in the real estate business with an old college friend. And we ended up getting involved with a scam artist during the uh, in in the in the year leading up to the uh, the the subprime mortgage crisis. And mm-hmm. I personally ended up taking on a million dollars, over a million dollars in mortgage debt um, for properties that foreclosed within were purchased and foreclosed within nine months. And oh, I was goodness. left. With- Hundred thousand dollars in personal debt once uh, once all the liens had cleared and everything, and after that I spent the next uh, after living in Houston for two years I spent the next five years of my life uh, homeless in San Diego I didn't think of myself as homeless I thought of it as urban camping, but uh, <laughs> I I was I was severely I was in a relationship when that happened and I ended up leaving it and I was severely depressed for over a year what like very severely depressed for well over a year um uh in in the in the intervening years um I I had I've had one uh very serious suicidal episode um that uh two two suicidal episodes that were both uh highly transformative um and it's uh it's it's been a it's been a it's been a, a personal it's it's been a, a very uh, loopy sort of personal evolution <laughs> is is the best I can say about yeah for sure for sure so tell me a little bit about this like transformation process after you're going after you know um, your urban camping stage where did you go from there so so are you asking like kind of how did I how did I pull myself out of out of the the really dark places and in the holes yeah, I dug yeah. myself. Mm-hmm. <clears throat> well, for me, 
the 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 most profound two of the most profound transformative experiences that I've had were my near death experiences. What I, I consider them to be near death experiences. Um, in uh, my my episodes of suicidality, and and the first one was it was while I was homeless, and uh, I was I actually I had an RV, um, but. I uh, I had been living that way for for a long time, and I just felt like I'd been struggling with money and relationships my entire life. And um, I I just woke up one day and couldn't stop thinking about killing myself. It was it just became very obsessive very quickly. Mm-hmm. And it. It was, it lasted, it lasted for a couple of days like that. And I realized that I was, I was, I was obsessing about this so much that I couldn't function in doing anything else. And so I, I realized that I would either uh, uh, shit or get off the pot. Yeah. Fair enough. It <laughs> was like the place where I was at. And, uh, I either had to go through with it or I had to stop thinking about it and put it aside completely. And it, it felt like it was the flip of a coin just, just on, on the very knife edge there. It could have gone either way. And I, I actually planned in detail. I had self-isolated very effectively and I, and I, and I planned uh, a sequence of events in detail to, to make it happen. And the, it was, it was just waiting for a decision to pull the trigger metaphorically. Mm. And I, 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 I really think even, even to this point, the thing that, the thing that, that tipped, tipped the balance was kind of a personality quirk that mm. I'm the kind of person who even if a movie is bad, I'll finish watching it. Yeah. I don't like to, I don't like to put a book down the middle, even if it's terrible, if it's like, I'll, 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 I don't, I don't like to stop in the middle. I want to like at least have closure and completion. So that, that kind of started things tipping in that direction. And, and I was like, okay, fine, I'll stick it out. But if I'm going to do that, that means I'm going to have to have a reason mm-hmm. and, and a reason or reasons that can't have anything to do with, that can't have anything to do with relationships because relationships can be sources of, of pleasure or pain. They can come or they can go. It can't be based on my individual success or failure because uh because that's that's not something that's entirely in my control either and it can't be based on enjoyment or pleasure seeking because because that is ultimately hollow and unfulfilling and 
and and and and will lead to uh, and and will just lead to more suffering. So I realized I would have to identify timeless, universal principles to to identify and align myself with and devote my life to. And the 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 pursuits uh, pursuits based on timeless universal principles and the, and the pursuits in, that I that I chose were Tai Chi or internal martial arts generally movement uh, uh, <clears throat> mindful movement practices and, and and especially Tai Chi and, and internal kung fu which is is very dear, near and dear to my heart. So I realized this is something that always has existed, always will exist. It's always available to me, no matter where I am, no matter what else is true. I can move my body. Uh, I can, I can breathe, you know, at least until I can't. Mm-hmm. And that's something that, that is, that's there no matter what. And also math and physics and and scientific understanding of the world is something that's always there infinitely deep and fascinating and something that is much larger than me spans all space and time that i can devote my self to understanding and the third pursuit was writing something that is always available to me anytime as a way as a motive of creative self-expression and and intellectual exploration and communication and and connection as as an as a as a, a personal as a personal evolutionary tool as well as an art form something that is always available to me that I could dedicate my life to so I chose to dedicate my life to those three things and chose to chose to set aside any thoughts or beliefs that would not be congruent with living my life in pursuit of those causes. Do you think that like in hindsight that your study of the Tao helped you with these rationalizations because i feel like if you had an understanding of being able to take a step back and look at everything and say okay the things that i need to do need to be non-materialistic need to be non um, almost like emotionally rewarding you understood that like almost the grand pursuit of life has to be involved in something bigger than yourself. So you're no longer basing everything off of your human tendencies, right? Basing everything off of human needs, um, satisfaction and gratification. You're basing it off of something that's a lot bigger than yourself. Now, do you think if you hadn't prior studied the Tao, do you think you would have been able to have this rationalization? Well, that's a hard question to answer, but I, but I do agree with with what you said that it, it that, that I think that's accurate. That that is um, that is a 
if if you for for those for those who understand the Tao, for those who who see the way of nature, and 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 some among the truths that became evident to me, in in the midst of the awakening process that I had, and and that have become, that have continued to become more and more evident to me, are. You are not your body. You're not even your mind. You're not even your life. You are that which observes your mind and your body and your life. You're the observer. And, and there was, that was essentially, it's, the, the psychological term for it is disassociation, uh, which is, is exactly what you said, stepping back, seeing the big picture. And, and that was, that was the, that was what I was doing when I was seeing my life as kind of a, a movie, maybe a terrible movie, but at least I'm going to, I'm going <laughs> to see how it plays out. Yeah. Uh, and I'm, I am not the person going through this. I am, uh, I am the, that which I'm the witness that mm. is, that is observing this, uh, this um, from the first person perspective, this, this life story from the first person perspective. And yes, it, in, uh, I mean, uh, this was, I, I, I will say, uh, yes, this is um, spiritual study and contemplation uh, are, are, are powerful tools for, for developing this quality and getting this place where you can disassociate from yourself and sort of see things from the perspective of universal consciousness. You know, like you are, you're, in in one in one view, you're a, a collection of subatomic particles uh, bound together, interacting through nuclear, uh, electromagnetic, and gravitational forces in you know in a sea of quantum foam, and in a in a vastly mind-bogglingly <laughs> mind-bogglingly vast and incomprehensible universe, and you know <laughs> what it, what is this? first person perspective 3d flesh suit but mm. a drop in an ocean of infinite consciousness you know what i mean yeah <laughs> um, but but for for me also for coming from my my background uh, in being strongly grounded in the, the scientific perspective and and scientific materialism really that actually also was i mean that was a form of spirituality for me and 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 it is a form of spirituality in itself that in that um that you know it's it, it's it's different paths up the mountain the you know the meditation the the, the meditation path is, is to realize that you know there is no you here there's no mind when you peel away all the layers of the onion there's nothing underneath it's just layers mm -hmm. and and you as a thing are not a thing um and I, uh, I, I was able to, I feel like something, uh, in addition to my encounters and, and, and exposure and study of the Tao, uh, an additional source of strength for me that allowed me to do this was, uh, my scientific detachment and, mm -hmm. and, and, uh, impartiality. Um, <clears throat> that's, that was with, the the first such experience that I had and and it's 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 a interesting and maybe helpful distinction that I can illustrate because this this process that I that I've just been describing I I I've, 
it was it was years before I ever shared anything about this and or talked about it with anyone <clears throat> because it was so so personal and, and so close. Of course. But I realized that, you know, if I if I talk to myself uh, uh, back from the ledge, um, maybe others can can benefit from my experience. And I'm hoping that that this might be useful to to at least at least one person listening. Um, but I, I recognize that some people they this this is a very intellectual process that I'm describing. It's very intellectual rational and intellectual and it was and that can work for certain people in certain situations um but it can also feel very disconnected uh in in other uh situations with other people and the this i i actually i thought i had beaten this the first time and it was never going to come back and it actually did come back um a number of years later in the midst of a <clears throat> a spiritual crisis a spiritual emergency which is is a term for a spiritual awakening that happens in a in a in a way in a context that's disruptive that may manifest as that may present as uh symptoms that would be diagnosed as mental illness mm -hmm. and what uh what happened for me was at sort of the nexus of of a lot of very significant events in my life i um I also the, the portal of perception came open um, and I, as in the, the portal of like my, the portal of perception, of higher consciousness came open, but it, it manifested as a manic episode followed by a depressive crash. And I recognized this, even though I'd never had these kind of symptoms before, I've never, I'm not manic, depressive or bipolar. I've, you know, I've never had anything like this, but I saw, okay, so this is what that's like. It was that recognition again. You know, oh, okay. I read about it and okay, so this is what it's like to have that happen. And when I when I when I went into the depressive crash this time, I was in a very spiritually open state. And it was different this time in that I, I recognized when these obsessive thoughts started rising, I recognized right away this is a problem and this can get very serious very quickly. And, and it actually scared me because I, I, I was, I was afraid that I, you know, I could actually run away from me and I could actually lose control over it. And the process that I went through in this instance was, was different. What I, what I did in this instance was I went into deeply meditative states and I, I was working with assistance from plant medicines at the time. I, uh, I had also, I had access to a lot of mind body tools, like things like holotropic breath work and, and, and plant medicines and, and, and the Qigong. You said, what was the first one? Holotropic breath work. Can you describe that for me? Yeah, like, what is that? I, that's a, I haven't heard of that yet. Well, uh, that's that's actually uh, that I, I'd actually love to expand on that, but to, but just very concisely, holotropic breathwork is like an acid trip without the acid. Okay, interesting. Yeah. So, and you know, I actually this, I feel like I've heard a uh, meditation specialist talk something about like that where you're basically 
teaching your body how to release DMT? Is that similar? Uh, it's it's similar. Yes, it is. It is. There is a um, there's well, there, there's a lot of different types of techniques of breath work. And, mm-hmm. you know, they all involve breathing, obviously. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> and, but there, there's a specific type of breath work that is uh, very close to the Wim Hof method, actually. That's called DMT breath work. That is specifically designed uh, to stimulate endogenous DMT release. Um, but holotropic breath work is that that's not its uh, uh, characterizing factor. It, it was developed by Stan Groff, the grandfather of transpersonal psychology, and also the originator of the term uh, spiritual crisis or spiritual emergency. And, and it was through his work that I originally learned about these things. And I was actually able to recognize what was happening to me while it was happening because I had studied his work. Um, but mm-hmm. to uh, we we can expand on breathwork a little bit more if if you like. But uh, to to close close the loop um, with there were I, I had access to mind body tools and and I I had I had uh, experience at this point in the with the transpersonal realm and what I did was I, I went into deep uh, deep states deep theta states and. Um, deep emotional release, and I reach and I called out on on the on the astral plane to uh, to any and all allies willing to come to my aid, and I surrounded myself with a circle of angels and guardians, and and it was <clears throat> the the first time the the first experience I described. It's like I figured it out and solved it on my own, literally without reaching out to help. With, for help to any person or 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 discarnate entity or anyone but the second time i felt like i couldn't handle on my own and i reached out to my spiritual guardians and and my guides on the spiritual plane and that was that was what that was that was what brought me out of it that time and i believe that was the only thing that could have brought me out of it that time yeah. was that transpersonal awareness and and being able to to open open my my consciousness to receiving aid even if it's not available here on the planet and and although i i did also reach out to community and i reached out to people and said hey i'm going through this and i and i received support from community as well and that was that was also very significant for me in in that so I learned the and the lesson I had to learn, I think, was that spiritual there are every one of us has spiritual guides and, and angels and, and guardians. And all of us also have and, and some of them are in discarnate form and some of them are in human form. And they are they are there for us if we are willing to be vulnerable and reach out and 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 surrender and and admit and accept that we need help. That's interesting. It's interesting. I wanted to double back on something that you had said about um, whenever you were first starting to get these like feelings and then you, you understood like what was happening to you. It wasn't necessarily like you were bipolar or manic depressive. You were getting almost these like relapse feelings after going through your healing process correctly. Um, well, I wasn't, I wasn't describing relapse feelings exactly and 
the in terms of the 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 manic depressive episode, <clears throat> that was not something I'd ever experienced before. It certainly wasn't a relapse, but it was. I I had I had known about it, and and when I like looked up and did more research, it it was very clear. Um, what I what I experienced that I I, I I'm, not, I'm not sure if this is speaking if this is what you're speaking to, but I think it might be. Um, when I when I talked about the portal being open. Mm-hmm. Um, this is, it's, it's, it's kind of, it's very similar to what Alice Huxley was referring to as the doors of perception. Um, the, the first spiritual awakening that I had, the one, one, the, the one way it's described is the doors of perception are coming open. And what that is, is like is the reticular activating system is the part of the brain that filters out information uh, for presentation to conscious awareness. So like 95% or so of of the sensory information, the sense data available to your Mm. nervous system isn't reaching your conscious awareness. You know, most of what's going on in your body, your breathing, temperature, ambient sounds and, and gravity, your, your feet against the floor or, you know, it's it's uh, getting that would be what's kind of would that be what's kind of considered like as an out of body experience, right? Like as after through your meditation. Well, no, I'm, I'm I'm talking about I'm talking about ordinary waking consciousness. Um, okay. The 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 sense data that's coming in from our nervous system. You know, your nervous system is huge and filled with sensory neurons that are constantly firing, and you're of not course. consciously aware of all of it all the time. And it's like you know, 95% of it gets filtered out. Um, and uh, it, 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 go, it goes into the, the subconscious or the unconscious, but it doesn't come into conscious awareness. And the, the, when, when the, during the peak state, what was happening was I was consciously aware of all of it, of everything that I was perceiving and experiencing all the time, which includes a lot of, for example, nonverbal communication and subtle energetic signals from other people. A lot of times we don't realize what, you know, that we're, you know, the body language that we're reading or that we're projecting or, or that other people are projecting. Um, and I was, I was aware of, of all of it, of everything that I was experiencing and feeling all the time and not only what I was experiencing in the present and real time, but also I became aware of all of my previously subconscious memories, like stuff that I didn't realize I had absorbed and, and, and known. Mm, I, I became aware of it. I mean, I, it, I'm sure it wasn't all of it, but this is what it felt like. It just, and I didn't realize I knew anything about neural nets. I'd never studied them formally, but I, I started regurgitating pages upon pages of, of theorems and notes about neural nets that were coming to me in a flood of insights that I had that had been in my brain all along that hadn't even realized it. Mm-hmm. So this this opening of the doors of perception is is being aware, being consciously aware of what's what's always there and it just gets filtered out. And and a great example of this is um, is it a question. Let me ask let's ask you this. Can you see your nose right now? Not necessarily, well, if, depending on, yes, but it gets filtered out because of your two peripheral visions crossing each other. 
Okay. Yeah. So when, when you look at it, after I ask you the question and you look and you look for it, you, you can see it, right? Yeah. Well, and, I mean, you, technically uh, you can always see it. Your brain just like, you, you ignore it. Exa- like, exactly. You, you, you weren't, you weren't seeing it or you weren't aware you were seeing it before, but then once you notice it, you realize it was always there. Mm-hmm. That's what the nature of, of that, that's what the, the awakening experience, the opening of the doors of perception is like. Once you see it, you realize it was always there. And that was, that was what recurred in, uh, in the, the second episode that I, uh, that I described, the spiritual emergency where the, the doors of perception came open and I, and I received some amazing downloads about the purpose of my life and, and, and my mission on the planet. Um, uh, but it was in the midst of just really uh, turbulent uh, events in my life that that uh, caused it to be disruptive and 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 very challenging. No, that's a hundred percent understandable. And um, I've I kind of went through some similar things at a very very young age, um, around like sixteen years old. That's whenever I first started getting into the Tao. That's when I first started getting into like transcendental meditation. Um, and I remember one time I was, I don't remember what happened. I had like a weekend off got a three day weekend from school. I had, you know, a weekend off from work and I had done like some transcendental meditation and I ended up in this trance for like six hours. I think I want to say it was like five to six hours cause I was staying up all night. I just couldn't sleep. And I was like, you know what? I'm just going to meditate. And so I, I just stayed in this this state of meditation of just awareness. And I remember coming out of it probably at like five in the morning. And I could only describe it as like my body being, or my spirit being slammed from the astral plane right back into my body. And I had gotten sick. I'd gotten like really, really sick for the next couple of days Almost that, and then it, after that, after that sickness kind of passed over, I had almost felt like I was in a new body, and it was like exactly how you were saying that kind of awareness that comes around things that I knew were always there were coming back into fruition. Yeah, you know what I mean. Um, yeah. but you know, I hate to leave things on a cliff uh, cliffhanger. I have some things I need to take care of. We're definitely gonna have to put you back onto the episode get you another episode to where we can kind of dive deeper into the things that we touched on today, just because I feel like you have a lot of information to share and I don't want to lose any of it. And I want to definitely carry this on um, at a time where I have a little bit more than an hour so we can talk. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. It'll be great to, to uh, continue the conversation and, um, and, and I'd be really interested in, exploring the the progression from healing to optimization because it's it's you know it's the same principles that you uh overcoming challenges and 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 getting to a place of 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 being okay and then from there okay how are you going to expand and grow and optimize yourself as a person and that's um that's what i do in my work as a as a mind body mastery coach and um so i'd love to talk about practical tools for um uh for uh not just surviving but but thriving absolutely absolutely i'll get with you here soon and we'll get you on here in the next couple weeks uh before i schedule some more people in just so we can make sure that we 
don't get it too far spread apart so there's no information lost. But Dane, it has been a pleasure talking to you this past hour. Um, I'm anticipating having you back on very, very soon. If there's any last messages you want to share with the audience um, before we break off, go ahead and do so now. Well, I, I want to say I really appreciate what you're doing. I, I appreciate uh, appreciate this opportunity. And um, if uh, I, I I'm not uh, I'm not sure if you're going to have show notes, but uh, I'm I, I just want to let people know that I'm here to talk. I uh, if you'd like to connect. Um, I'm, I'm here to support you and be a resource. And the best way to connect with me is just to reach out to me on Facebook. I love making new friends. I love meeting new people. I'm the only Dane Dormio on Facebook. I'm pretty sure I'm the only Dane Dormio in the world. So uh, please reach out if this resonates with you. And, I, and I'd love to hear about your, your story and, and your journey and and support you if you're if you're going through some of these kinds of challenges with spiritual emergency and uh and or reintegrating your life uh back into back into the world in the highest way possible amazing dude i've had like i said uh this conversation has probably been one of the most stimulating conversations i've had in a very long time so i want to thank you for that and thank you, everybody, for listening. Uh, we'll be bringing Dane back on here in a couple of weeks. Thank you again, Dane. Much appreciated. Later, Darius. All right. Take it easy. Put your head on my shoulder.